Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Hello and welcome for today's Go for Leadership podcast. My guest today is Antje Welzat. Antje, welcome to the podcast. Oh, nice to be here. Nice for having me. Thank you, Daniel. Go for Leadership interviews. And like always, I ask my guests to introduce themselves within 30 seconds. So time is ticking, Antje. <laughs> Oh gosh, no, no pressure. pressure on my shoulders. <laughs> so, um, so for me, um, it's, it's all about recruiting for me. So from all sides of the table. So whether we talk about recruiting for companies or whether we talk from the other side around recruiting for private persons. Um, so I want to make recruiting better than it is today. So recruiting for me is really is, is my personal passion because it's everything around human beings and I love human beings. Maybe not all and each single one, but generally <laughs> um, I love human beings. Um, and I really, for me, recruiting is, uh, is really, let, let's go into a dialogue and let's build up organizations and teams to having fun and being able to perform. And that's why we really need a better recruiting than we currently have. And I would help to make it better. And why can I say that? Because I have 25 years of experience in recruiting externally in a couple of executive search companies and a couple of uh, positions there up to key account manager and so on and so on. And also uh, I have experience in internal recruiting, so in-house recruiting as a regional head, as a commercial head, and you name it, building up teams markets, pipelines. And so I get the feedback from all sides of the table and bring it together and uh, yeah, spread it then to make it better for everybody. <laughs> awesome, Antje. And like always, I mean, we are talking about leadership and, and uh, I know that you in particular also, of course, recruiting leadership positions, which are critical. What does leadership mean to you or how would you define leadership as such? Mm -hmm. Um. Thanks for the question, Daniel, because that's a, that's a critical one. And we have so many, so fancy words for everything these days. Uh, and sometimes I have a smile on, on my face because for me, in the end, yes, leadership does have changed over the, the decades, of course. But I think the critical or the important skills are still the same. For me, it's, for example, predictability, It's a certain attitude, so being reliable, um, being able to listen to, and I do mean listen to something and somebody, I do not mean hear. Um, that's really for me a, um, a really a big difference, uh, but it's also about decency and uh, all the traditional skills we should have had also in the past so there's nothing changed because again leadership is about human beings and we as human beings as people we want to be seen and hear, heard and it's everything about that communication honesty <laughs> and when i think back about the people in my past where which i see as a role model or even as a mentor so For me, it's always the same. Yeah. They, um, they were able to say no, which is important. They were very clear in communication. This is possible. This is, this is, uh, that is not possible yet. But in the next future, um, this is not my style. Sorry, you can't do that with me. So all that kind of honesty, predictability, and reliability. So that's it. As simple as it can be. 
I mean, you 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 named quite of uh, an impressive amount of of skills required. Now, in particular, in in recruiting processes, how did you or how do you check if the person which is now in the recruiting process has this certain, let's say, skill set for for the for the positions? Mm -hmm. That's, for example, part of my interview training, which I offer to companies, for example, also. Um, and that's that's a certain methodology or, or technique we use um, that's called situational interviewing or also behavioral interviewing. So when you sit, for example, in a conversation and the setup and the mindset, that's the important thing. So we meet on I. That's the first critical thing. So nobody is above the other. So we really meet on eye. And then we sit together and we ha do have a dialogue. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it is totally simple. And uh, I always say also to my customers is, please imagine you are a journalist. Mm -hmm. And if you are a journalist and you go into an, a journalist interview, you are prepared, you are relaxed, you have fun, you're looking for your next conversational partner and you sit together and you want to explore something or you want to learn something or you want to get information or you want to be inspired, whatever. But in the end, it's a, it's a dialogue and you should try to be as curious and, and as respectful as you can be. And it's, it's the same situation in interviews. So when coming back to your question, how to get deeper into, into those soft skills, I always ask about, can you give me an, info, uh, a, an example, for example, where you worked in a project, for example, which was really difficult because your stakeholder was difficult or the situation was difficult. What was the situation before? What did you do, in particular you or your team? What was the outcome and what is your lesson learned? And rolling through these kind of questions, so those through these examples, um, it gives a better information about the working style, the communication, self-reflection, reflection, what did other people do, and what is the lesson learned of that? Because, and I had, had recently a conversation with an HR leader, which I very much love, um, but he usually asks the question, give me five examples for that or that. Okay. And I was so much smiling and laughing. and. Is it about the five examples or is it the thing behind? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's really, it's not about five examples we want to hear. It's really about this, the personal style of my candidate, for example, or about my applicant. What is his style in doing things? What is his style in solving things? How does he communicate in critical situations? And what I constantly... Um, avoid is those kind of stress interviews, for example. Yeah, because um, I recently had a training with a company and I was really very much in training them in avoiding stress interviews because in stress situations, all of us, we are not ourselves anymore. Uh -huh. We are a certain part of us, but we are not really the real person. And in a stress interview, you, you don't get the real personality out as a conclusion. So and that's why it's very much of, it's very important that you meet on I in a mindset of, hey, I'm curious, I'm looking for having the conversation with you. Let's inspire ourselves and let's learn something from the other. And as soon as we meet on this level in this situation, 
it's not <laughs> a police mm -hmm. conversation anymore. So having a lamp on your face, bright in your face. So it's more a conversation of we have a good time together. We have a good time, 60 minutes together. Let's perform well. Let's do our best to have a good outcome. And then we get known each other in a by far better way. I love it. <clears throat> so would you agree that hiring for attitude before skills, let's say hard skills, uh, is, is uh, <laughs> a right approach? Would you agree? You mean, as it's so often said, um, hiring potential, hiring for mm -hmm. potential instead of hard skills? Um, yes, in a certain way, yes. Uh, but not 100%. For example, if I would hire a doctor in a hospital, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe that person should have some certain skills. Or if I hire um, for, don't know, insurance mathematics, for example, they have certain skill set and they need to have that. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And usually they have also a certain style. And we as an employer have to accept that uh, a certain style is often the combination in a, in a certain profession, for example. Yeah? Um, for example, if you want to hire an entertainer for your theater, most probably that person will be an extroverted person or has the attitude to go extrovertical. Maybe also some other things, but that person is able when he or she is on stage to really pop out. Yeah? So that's, that's the thing. Generally, if... And that's my experience since so many, so many years. Generally, we often hired people with lower hard facts experience uh, because of the attitudes. Mm -hmm. And we rejected also people because uh, I remember one conversation. It's done now 20 years back <laughs> in time when I see myself still, still laying on the white wall. And we were discussing about a certain applicant, whether he will fit in our team or not. And after 20 minutes, I heard myself saying to the A partners, look, guys, when we have been discussing since 20 minutes, whether that guy fits in our team or not, he will not fit. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah? And that's why we... We didn't reject him because that's not a positive candidate experience, but, but I explained him why it's not the right mm -hmm. position yet, maybe mm -hmm. later. And, uh, and that's the style I want to implement in the, in, in, the, in the companies. It's so often that we have the right people, but on the wrong places, or we have the right people, but with the wrong manager. And I don't say somebody is bad or negative or something. There's just not that chemical fit which is necessary mm -hmm. to really inspire to get inspired in a team i i think that's a very great topic um so i always say put the right person at the right time at the right place with the right attitude so it has mm -hmm. different need for combinations right it, it maybe is a, a a perfect fit but for a later time like you said to to the other candidate so how would you describe your process to bring all these let's say um, fits together or let's say to, to cross mark yes for this position this candidate is the perfect fit it's the right time it's the right attitude it's the right candidate it's it's the right company how is your process on, on this one well it's not really a process I think you need to have three things um, mm -hmm. listen asking and being honest mm -hmm. and um, and I think in recruiting that brings me back to 
a certain phrase which has been using since a while now, since, yeah, in a wider range since some months and uh, in the core recruiting industry since some years. And that's the phrase recruiting as a service. And I think mm -hmm. that's totally wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we, are, we are not a service deliverer because we have to deal with human beings, with people. Yeah, um, it's, it's mankind. So we can't, that's not a service at all. It's like when you say HR as a service, that's totally wrong. Uh, because I think in the, in the central we, we are, we need really deliver important skill sets. You can't always say to a, to a, to a salesperson, uh, sales as a service. That's, that's totally wrong. I, I think that doesn't work at all. Absolutely so, for agree. Me, when, when, yeah, when, when we sit together, it's really about listening, asking, or the other way around, asking, listening, and being honest to each other. So when, for example, I take over a headhunting project, I really, really want to have, and I always get it, one hour of a briefing conversation, mm -hmm. because I really want to understand the people, the culture, the role, the skill set, um, what is necessary for the hiring manager, for example, how does he or she work, what is he or her style, which kind of people does he or she need in her, in her team or in his team? Because um, I give you an example. I have currently a, a customer and that hiring manager is totally new in the company. And also the whole management team is new in the company since almost or yeah, more or less six months. So everything is relatively new in the company. So what we need in the teams, that's why... The CEO hired a certain management style, and that's why he hired a certain management team. They have a certain soft skills style. But we, what we need to grow the company is now also really the hard skills, that somebody is really good in his or her dedicated job. And that's more important. Sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes uh, and often I have hiring managers. They are in companies since decades. And what I usually say to them, look, you always search, for example, another example, uh, it, it was a technical sales team. And the head of the technical sales team was in the company since 15 years, something like that. And the whole team were, was relatively stable. And then one person of that team left the company, which is fine. And we had a, a gap to fill, so one person. And the hiring manager wanted to have exactly the same skill set again. And I explained to him, look, beside the fact that's really difficult to find <laughs> because we are not Androids, we can't put the chips into the Android and then it will work as in a certain style. I think it's not healthy for your team and also not for the organizational development because you always hire the clone of a clone. And generally it's relatively boring then in that team. So it's much better when you put to all your carbs you have in your, in your pot, for the time being, when you put maybe a frog into that. And we build up a biotop because a biotop is much more active. It lives, it breathes. And so we can grow up then the biotop and then we put some grasses around and so on and so on. And he understood then, okay, that having always that kind, that certain kind of stability is a guarantee that it will explode or implode someone. Mm -hmm. And I think... I always have an eye on 
which person inspire each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really good to be not a part of that team, but have a look from the outside of the team. And then I'm able to ask questions and give an honest feedback always that I'm not, I'm not the service provider of anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person, definitely not. Um, I'm not a person who fulfills everything what is expected from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm totally the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that that's also fair and, and we discussed that in our briefing that uh, it's so important to say no as well. So, I, I mean, I see many recruiters that, that, let's say, try to find a match by all means without really having this barrier to say, well, there's maybe for three items, I can clearly say there's a fit, but there's one critical key item missing, whatever it is, right? Maybe the time or the culture or whatever. And then uh, you say no and and how is the reaction of those leaders that you hire when when you give that really maybe also honest and clear feedback to them? Always positive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because, um, and that's my, my really honest understanding of my profession as well. We are the professionals in our markets and we should understand our market our network, our customers, our whatever. And we are consultants in the end, as Mm -hmm. everybody from us is. So when I have a question to sales, for example, and I come to you and ask you about your all honesty, give me me your opinion, I listen to you because you are the professional in sales Mm -hmm. and I am the professional in recruiting. And that's why I personally think um, it's always the combination of being so having the knowledge and the experience and as long as 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 i can explain that to you as i can show up as a as a professional that's fine because um (laughs) even more as higher i have the people in 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 my as my conversational partner Mm -hmm. as easier it is I think at the end, and that's that's why I love your your attitude and 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 this clearly, let's say, clip level before you let's say continue a recruiting process because at the end, it will fail, it will fail mm-hmm. for the candidate that maybe comes out after three months. Well, this is not the right company for me, so I need to let's say switch again as well as for the company that, that loses time and money because they needed somebody that fix a problem and they, they have not yet fixed fix the problem. So they stand again at the same problem to find the right person. So I think that, like we said, it's, it's the fairest and honest way to, to give this stringent and direct feedback. One question. And it's the openness. Sorry, sorry, Daniel. It's also the openness. And that maybe we as recruiters have to deliver more in detail often also. Mm -hmm. So we we have to open our pockets. Mm -hmm. So what I do, for example, in critical situations, I explain my customer, look, I screened, don't know, 1,200 profiles. From Mm -hmm. those 1,200 profiles, that's my inner network anyway already Mm -hmm. because in a certain way. And from those 1200 uh, profiles, I was in contact with 
don't know, 400, for example, or 470 I had them mm-hmm. recently. And from those 470 people, um, those in those ratio was willing to move, those in those ratio was willing to come in a conversation with me. And then we failed because of the salary expectations from you or the combination of salary and experience and that and that. And as long as I'm clear and honest and really put the figures on the table and made me, myself and my work understandable, then it's easier for you to follow my path to mm-hmm. understand my way. And that's the thing. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can follow my logic or follow my advice. If I'm not clear in communication, if I'm not clear in facts, how can you rely on me? I, I love it. One question comes into my mind because I think there has been for certain way a development. You, you touched it as, uh, as you said, recruiting as a service is nothing that, that you gear for or that you believe is, is the right trend or the right, right movement. But uh, I think there has been a certain development over time. Can you give, a, give us a glimpse on, on how has recruiting changed, let's say, over the last decades? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it didn't yeah, change, think... but but I think it, it it changed it changed quite quite significant, right? So it, it would be I would be curious on hearing from you. Yeah, it changed in words and not so much in attitudes, unfortunately. <laughs> so in 1995, McKinsey started with a nice sentence: uh, "We are in the war for talents," and. As older I'm getting, as more I dislike the sentence, because how can I bring together war and talents in one sentence? That's crazy for me, mm-hmm. honestly. Because um, if we put, and if we follow that advice from McKinsey, then we put ourselves in a war situation. So we, we fight against each other. So for example, if you and I, we would fight against each other, potentially one would be the winner and the other mm-hmm. one the loser. And that's not the... That's not the basis for me in recruiting. So in recruiting, not everybody can be a winner, but we shouldn't have a loser. Let's say it that way. And that's why that changed dramatically because in Germany, we call it Fachkräftemangel. So um, a d- delay in or a demand, we, we are in a demand from, for, for professionals in, a, in certain um professions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how would you do the, describe that? Well, however, so and we, we are in a situation that we have more niche markets, we have more niche branches, and we have the need for more niche skills. And so in recruiting, that changed a little bit. In, so the good ones, they changed in their attitudes. So mm-hmm. they hire really after potential, after soft skills, after all that kind of set, because we expect something anyway. So we expect a certain style, we expect a certain learning mm-hmm. attitude, all the kind of stuff. And uh, so the good companies, meanwhile, really, they, they need the people on eye. They have better career pages, they have better uh, career development systems, they have better applicant tracking systems, and the really good people are able to... um, So 20 years ago, it was really difficult to apply somewhere. So Mm -hmm. you had to upload or you had to send your your papers and your documents. And meanwhile, you can uh, can apply via a voice stream mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it what you need and that's when we when we are in the situation as a war for talent we should make it as easy as possible for applicants to come to us 
-hmm. And what I see often, unfortunately, is we have a huge applicant tracking system in front of us. And what we ask there as a company, so your salary expectation and upload all your certificates and documents. And I don't know, it needs 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes even longer that somebody is able to apply to a company. What do I show as a company to the world out there? Is it something I would like to have you welcome? No, it's a barrier which I build up and we should really make the barriers as low as possible and better not having barriers. And that's the way, especially in times when we are in war for talents or Fachkräftemangel. Is in particular, um, um, so when you talk with many, many leaders, uh, many uh, experts, so do you also, uh, when listening to them, what are their needs and their wishes? Do you have faced any changes? So the focus of, of the requirements, let's say, from, from the hiring person, um, has there any, any changes that you experience in their demands or yeah. expectations? Yeah, because it's a new generation in the leadership mm -hmm. positions, meanwhile. Thanks, God. <laughs> um, and this has nothing to do with men or women or female leadership style or all that kind of thing I think that's relatively clear and relatively the same um, but the new way of thinking so being more open so what I expect from a candidate so for example when you are the decision maker of a certain role and you are the CEO <laughs> as you are uh, in your company and I would work for you then it's meanwhile easier with you as a hiring manager because you can put yourself in the shoes of an applicant. Does it make sense to you? Yes. And yeah, and this openness, the 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 the, the ability from your end, from end of the hiring manager, that they can really put themselves in the shoes of the applicants, that is easier. Um, 20 years ago, it was much more difficult. So they mm -hmm. expect something really fancy, <laughs> which is simply not on earth. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, they are a little bit more flexible. Okay, I listen to you. Maybe it's also has something to do with me because mm -hmm. I'm more experienced and I... Um, Yeah, I, I stand in front of them, of course, differently than 20 mm -hmm. years ago, thanks God. Um, but I think the, the, the openness and the willingness to listen to others, that's the difference. Um, that what really developed over the decades, and that's good. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I've heard uh, from, from other uh, colleagues that... Um, There, uh, let's say, in the past, of course, there has been the discussion about, like you said, salary and, and maybe hard facts, right? Uh, years of experience required. Uh, these these days, I hear a lot of discussions around. Well, um, let's say the demand for the applicant. Uh, I, I want, I don't know, uh, three kilometers of of uh, of uh, e, e bikes, or I want an e bike, or I want, I don't know. Uh, e-car uh, as a company car or uh, but they, they're not so much searching for for salary they're much more demanding as well that's why I want to wanted to touch base so there, there's a much higher demand from from the applicants uh, towards the company that that um, that uh, they may get hired like you said so this war of talent and, and the demand that comes from the from the applicants do you also would agree that there's a switch in in the demands 
Yeah, yeah, to a certain point, yes. Um, so I think the good, the, the high performer, they can mm -hmm. really, they could do that, but they mm -hmm. don't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because the high performer are still in, I want to do my job and I need ABC and I need uh, the, the team behind me that we can perform together. And then uh, I also hear the loud screams uh, of people in teams that what they want, really want to have. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's always... Um, How can I put it in nice, in nice positive words? <laughs> For me, it has something to do with the culture, of course, always. Yeah, when I when I talk about a really an experienced, settled um, salesperson, so I'm very much in sales and consulting and digital marketing. Yeah, um, and the really experienced, the the elder statesmen and women, they never discuss such things because. Either it's there or it's not there. Either they have the right culture or they don't have it. When they have the right culture, they fit together. Uh, they don't discuss about those things. The less experienced people, they still search themselves. That the screamers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that, and I can completely completely agree. Um, um, uh, Something we also touched base uh, uh, in the briefing, which I think is very worthwhile, in particular in in sales or let's say customer-oriented functions, they'll mm -hmm. say it's it's not only about the the person as such that is let's say maybe the project manager or the account manager or the sales manager, so it's also about the team behind, right? That that makes it so important to um, to. Uh, share also, let's say, the pain and the gain. <clears throat> We talked about mm -hmm. the, the, the bonus payments for, for all the team. So how does also the, the team, um, or how would you check, let's say, the, the leader fitting to the team or the team fitting to the leader? Uh, and how do you, let's say, um, yeah, make their fit happen? You mean when I hire the leader, the new leader mm -hmm. for a certain team or region or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's again, it's um, having the conversations with the peers of the new leader mm -hmm. because that's also a team. Mm -hmm. Also <laughs> and, agree. Yeah, even, even if I would have hired you as a new CEO, which I have, mm -hmm. unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but also then there's a certain team around you and you need to fit into that team as well. Mm -hmm. So, and then it's the question, what does that leadership want to have? Is it a certain grow in a region, in whatever? Is it more stability, which is also the case sometimes, for example, after times where there were a lot of reorganizations and mm -hmm. um, you need a new leader in bringing back stability and reliability and <laughs> predictability again, same words again. And so it's really, for me, it's necessary to understand in which situations are you. Um, it's not long time ago that I suggested to um, a hiring manager, look, um, they really wanted to reorganize the structure, maybe even the people, because they were financially in a difficult situation and they needed to change something. And I mentioned to him, look, I personally think it's really difficult if you hire now somebody for the next five to 10 years to bring that reorganization in the company. I think in the speed you expect, it's not possible to do it by one person. 
personally for me, it might does much more or it makes much more sense to hire somebody for the next one to two years, even an interim manager, um, to really do the dirty part of part of the work, to put it in that word. That's not necessary that that person is really needs the trust and the reliability to the team because they, that person needs to change something. And then after a year, which will be dirty, it will be painful, no doubts. And then you bring in the next person who can then build up on the new ground. And sometimes that's the better solution described with doing something slightly step by step and making it in a slow way. But there are situations it's better to bring everything together and we make it together step by step. And that's depends on the expectations on the team. That's why I'm, I'm not the biggest fan, for example, of um, those private equity mm-hmm. bad guys. They are good guys as well. I know them. <laughs> yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, I, I've currently, I had yesterday uh, a conversation with a, with a customer and I mentioned, look, if you have all that instability in your company, would you really expect from me that with your certain story you told me and I've been experiencing with you since a while now, can you really assure all candidates that they will be in the same position or they will be in the company one year later? And I think that comes again back to the fairness that you mentioned, right? Be open and and honest. Um, and uh, if if you search for somebody for the dirty word, you search for a complete other profile than for somebody that maybe after one, two periods of restructuring, then really build up from ground. And build is a good a good buzzword, uh, Antje. So um, <laughs> I I finish often with the question: What would you have said the the younger Antje uh, starting the career, uh, and what advice would you have given to you at a younger age? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Where should I start? Um, okay, maybe the first one is uh, being knowing yourself better. So knowing myself better, knowing better my limitations, knowing better when to say yes and when to say no, knowing better or learning better to listen to my, my stomach, my inner feelings, um, my intuition, even that. Um, that would be much more helpful and being a little bit more patient, mm-hmm. <laughs> more patient with myself and <laughs> with, uh, with the other people around me, that would be helpful. But I think that depends on the age also, and it's fine and fair. And it's also expected from my younger self to be a little bit more, maybe even explosive, <laughs> more active. <laughs> yeah, that would be helpful. Um, really coming more, I, I think that's, that's for everybody. As, as better we know ourselves, as better we can show up and as better we can cooperate with others. So, and it would have been much easier for me to know myself. Go for Leadership. The podcast with Daniel and Gerd. I love it. Antje, thank you so much for being our guest today. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you. As always, conversation with you, Daniel. Thank you very much. Go for Leadership, the podcast.